welcome to the True Talk Cafe podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited you're here. Our podcast will tackle a myriad of topics ranging from relationships to personal development and everything in between. My name is Renee Stewart, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Anna Garcia, Carla DeCore, and Lali Ramirez-Bennett. Collectively, we span four generations. Can you believe that? We've all experienced ups and downs in our personal lives and professional careers that have qualified us to share our unique perspectives with you, and we're excited to do so. But before we get into today's content, I wanted to let you know where you can find us on social media. On Instagram and Facebook, you can use at TrueTalkCafe, and on Twitter, you can use at TrueTalkCafe1. Don't forget to like us, rate us, and leave a review. We value your feedback. We want to ensure that we are providing content that resonates with you. So please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on whatever platform you listen to your podcast. Spoiler alert, you will want to stay tuned to hear what our guests are going to share about this exciting topic today. Also, stick around to find out how you can join us on a live show. We would love to have you join us on one of our episodes. Now, let's get started. Have you ever had a coach? Well, in recent years, coaching is one powerful tool that has gained significant recognition. The coaching industry expected to grow at a compound annual growth rate of 7.6% will be worth an estimated $27.5 billion by 2026. Can you believe that? And while the popularity of coaching continues to grow, so does the evidence supporting its efficacy. In today's episode, we're calling Because Everyone Needs a Coach. We're going to explore how embracing the power of coaching can start you on a transformative journey towards becoming an exceptional leader. So what is coaching? Coaching is a process that aims to improve performance and focuses on the here and now rather than that of the distant past or even the future. In other words, coaching assists the person being coached with identifying and following a path forward to personal and professional growth or one or the other, right? However, coaching does not teach management skills. Rather, it promotes management growth and development by removing roadblocks to performance. Moreover, it is not therapy or counseling. As the conversation continues, we'll clarify what coaching is and is not, why coaching is so impactful, and provide tips to find a good coach to start your transformational journey. To add to this discussion, we've invited an expert that is very familiar with this topic. She will share her expertise and experience with us. Gabrielle Ballmeyer has spent over 25 years coaching and consulting individuals and teams and achieving extraordinary results. She is a certified executive and leadership coach and works with executives to elevate personal as well as team performance levels. Gabrielle earned her coaching certificate through Coach Rice at the Rice University Graduate School of Business and her Bachelor of Science degree in Architectural Engineering from UT in Austin. She lives here in Houston with her husband, Bill. So welcome, Gabrielle, and we are so excited to be able to have you on here with us to discuss this topic and your experience on this. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. 
Fantastic. So let's get right into this. So our first question, Gabrielle, is in what ways does coaching differ from traditional mentoring or counseling? And how does this difference impact its effectiveness? That's a, a great question. And those are really three different things. So if you think of it, it's mentoring, counseling, and coaching. And uh, coaching is very distinct from the first two. So how it's different from mentoring is a mentor is someone who guides someone through a process through which they've already been and imparts their knowledge. So gives them, uh, dare I say, tips and tricks, but gives them insight into how something has already been done because the mentor has already done that. And so that's distinct from coaching. And counseling, of course, is they're focused on the past and the maybe the why of why things have happened. And they're great listeners, but they really are there to distinguish with the person what might be the cause of what's having them do whatever they're doing. And a coach, again, is distinct from both of those. A coach asks a lot of questions first off and is there to focus, Lolly, as you said, on the future. So what might be in the way right now of that person being able to perform at their optimum level? And it's dependent on that person to come up with their answers. The coach doesn't give the answers to the person. The coach asks enough questions to have that person come up with the realization or the insight or the answers for themselves. It's very key. It's very, very key for a coach to come in and presume that they have the answers to whatever it is that person wants to achieve. That just won't work. Yeah, thank you for that distinction, because most people think that coaches give you the answers. They really don't do that. More of a mentor does that, you know, and helps kind of give you the strategy because they've been there, done that. Right? Yes. And I really like that because I think that the one key thing that I've learned in talking to you both about this topic previously is the fact that as a coach, it's important to help them work through this process. So that tomorrow when they're doing it on their own, they actually understand what they went through to get to that level of, of decision that they're making, right? So very much I'm going to equate it to someone who is coaching at an athletics or, or sports uh, process, right? They're not telling the student, well, this is how I did it, but rather they're telling them, here's the process. Now, how do you go about getting to the next step? And so that you can be very much self-serving in the future. Yeah, that's a key piece to it, Lolly. Yeah, great way to, to underline that point. Awesome. In your opinion, how has the perception of coaching evolved over the years? And what role does it play in today's fast-paced and dynamic world? Well, as was mentioned in the introduction, it's become very, very popular. It's become mainstream. There was a point at which you know, people didn't know what coaching was, of course, and it's become something that has become a differentiator and a real value add to uh, people in both uh, executive positions, running multi-million dollar companies, to the business startup world, smaller businesses, medium-sized businesses. Coaching has become an integral part of having people be able to look at situations a different way and not presume that they have all the answers and have someone be able to ask them questions in such a way that their viewpoint is shifted. And so it's become a real eye-opener for people to know that they don't have to do it alone. 
and getting coaching doesn't mean anything more than you are open-minded and willing to look at things in a different way. And the industry is growing. It's going to continue to grow. And I'm glad to be a part of it. I've, I've been a part of this industry now for 26 years and it's only going in one direction and it's going to be a critical component for people to have the competitive edge. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Um, when you're looking at, you know, limited positions, right, as far as upward mobility, and you have to find a way to differentiate yourself. And it always helps to, you know, speak with someone, even as just a sounding board word, right? Even if they're not asking you questions, but just think when they're asking you questions, they're partnering with you you know, and helping you get to that goal, but everything actually is within you. And I know when I speak to my coach, you know, a lot of times I'm throwing things out there. It's already there. They're just helping me kind of pull things out and sometimes helping me with a timeline and holding me accountable, you know, to what I said I was going to do. That's a real key, Renee. In fact, it's a one of the pillars of my work is um, uh, in recent times, as I've been onboarding different clients, I, I say to them at the beginning and remind them in the middle that if you're going to tell me that you're going to do something, you're going to do it. And there's nothing else. And I had a gentleman who said he was going to call somebody and by our next session, he didn't call him. And I said, that's not going to work here because it would be a waste of your time and money to continue on with this if you're going to say things that you're not going to do. In fact, that's why you partnered with me. That's why you hired with me. And by our next call, he did make the phone call. And then he realized what stopped him in making the phone call is because he is just not very good at asking for people's opinion. He has to be the one who knows everything in the room. And he just was not about to call somebody who might know something more than he does. And I said, well, now that you made that phone call, what does that make available for you? And he says, now I can talk to anybody. I don't have to be, I don't have to worry about not being the smartest man in the room. I get now that I'm not. And there are a lot of people who are smarter than I am and I can call on their expertise as needed. So yeah. it's a really, Just really see, key thing, accountability. Yeah, that accountability right there, open that up for him. You know, yes. and without you, he probably, I don't know how long it would have taken him to come to that realization. It would have taken a while because it had already taken him a while. That gentleman was on his list to call for at least a year. Wow. Well, I think that's one important point is that in most cases, and, and Gabrielle, you, you client base are predominantly executive level folks. And, you know, in many cases, you are dealing with different egos. You're dealing with different backgrounds and years of many, in many cases, them thinking they have to be who I am and what everybody thinks I'm supposed to be. And what I think you just shared right now for me is that re the reality is, is having a coach who helps you get to the bottom line and move to where you need to be without that judgment, right? Right. Because you're just, your sole purpose there is to make that person a better leader, a better business owner, whatever it may be. And, and that's very different than when you're working with someone as a mentor, uh, which is probably more of a friend or, or leader within the community or something of that nature, right? You may have more of a personal nature. As a coach, I want somebody who's going to hold me accountable for that. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And mentors are typically, it's more of an informal relationship as well. 
true. Okay. Well, next question I want to ask you, what impact can coaching have on organizational performance? And how do you measure or assess the success of coaching intervention within a company? Well, how it can have an impact on organizational culture is, or excuse me, on organizational performance. The impact it can have on organizational performance, I would say, is involved at the cultural level. So if the the leadership, the folks at the top are fostering the type of environment where they're eliciting the best from others because they're, maybe they have a coach who's eliciting the best from them and then they start to operate in such a manner, they'll start to foster that kind of culture within their organization where it's not simply people telling people what to do. It's people asking people what they see is possible. What do they see is something that can be implemented in the organization? Or what do they see might be another way of organizing, say, a department or a product suite or whatever it might be, instead of telling people what to do? I think that's one of our biggest, I think that's one of our biggest downfalls is we're human beings and we love pe- telling people what to do because we have all the answers, right? <laughs> so <laughs> if, if an organization can take on that coaching mentality where not only the, the people in the C-suite, the executive level are finding coaches and empowering coaches to make a difference with them, but uh, leads in the, maybe at the management level or even at the director level, if they ta- take on somewhat of a coaching role as well, it can make a really, really big difference in the organization because people are then invited to bring what they have to the table rather than wait for somebody else to bring them what there is to bring to the table. And your second question was how to measure or assess the success of coaching interventions within a company. I would say one way is by looking at people's development path. A lot of organizations, if they don't have a development path and they don't have a development plan for their people, then people typically aren't developing. And when people aren't developing, they leave. So if you start to look at retention levels and you start to look at employee satisfaction, which can be measured by retention levels, which can be measured by what the frequency is of people moving departments or shifting. If it's a big organization, they can move 12 times within one year from department to department. You have a problem. It's a little exaggerated, but you get my point. And so having a coaching mentality and a coaching mindset within the organization in general fosters people's development and people stay where they want because they're being developed. So that's one way I see. Without question. I mean, I think the example that you used earlier about the man that didn't like asking for help. I mean, imagine either working for him or working with him. What a difference would that coaching make on that whole productivity of the team working around him, the business as a whole, because now you're becoming, as you say, having fostering that environment where we really all feel comfortable that we can contribute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's quite a powerful example of how, how much a difference it can make. Because although it may be one small example, it's a pretty impactful. Very, very. And another way that coaching can have an impact on an organization's performance is 
another tendency or another trend that tends to happen when people take on a coaching culture is they improve their listening. And another sure found way to have people stay where they are and be excited to, to be at work and to be glad that they, they are a part of a team is if they feel heard and they feel listened to. And mm -hmm. so what's inherent with the coaching kind of relationship is asking questions and on the other side of asking questions is listening. And so then what inherently gets fostered within the, the organization as well is improved listening. And the biggest gift you can give to anyone is to listen to them. Yeah, That's the yeah. biggest gift you can give. And so if you can have that kind of culture developed, you can have that kind of ethos in the air at an organization. It's just another sure found way to have people really want to be a part of that winning team. Yeah, I find that with, you know, that shift to a coaching culture, some people embrace it, some do not. They're not comfortable with asking questions and empowering other people for whatever reason. It might be an insecurity that they have, that they're giving up some control. Or I'm not quite sure, but then there are some people like your newer folks coming into the workforce. What I'm finding from my experience, at least, you know, people that work for me, I do give them a lot of autonomy. And if they do come into me, I do expect them to present the problem, but I want to know what they've done to try to resolve the problem. And I will not give them the answer. I will ask them questions to get to the answer. And I can remember a few years back, I had somebody work for me and I, you know, asked them questions and they point blank told me. I don't want you to ask me questions. I just want you to tell me the answer. <laughs> and I said, well, I'm sorry, you won't grow like that though. And plus I like to empower my people. So if I'm not around, I'm out of pocket, that you feel confident that I, you know, your position as a subject matter expert, it, you know, with your responsibilities. So if somebody comes to you, you can feel confident that you can answer the question, number one, or at least know who to go to or think through, you know, the problem or issue and not get kind of freaked out if somebody maybe two levels above you comes to you. Because I've seen it both ways. Yes, yes. It is really, you know, there's a time and place to give people answers. And most often than not, it's not the right time and place to give people answers. <laughs> And again, you could have people who come into your company that came from a culture of, it was just here, do what I say. And mm -hmm. then they're used to that. And it could be really refreshing to come into a company that has a different type of, of attitude towards eliciting the best from people. It could be, could be good news, could be bad news. So it's, it's a moving target sometimes, but one that's definitely, definitely worth going after because it does in in my opinion, in the ultimate, it does leave people more empowered. It leaves them capable and leaves them confident in their decisions. Yeah. With that said, what's the long-term impact of coaching on an individual's mindset and behavior and how does it contribute to sustained positive change? Well, it has a long-term effect, that's for sure. 
because if you think about it, a person, while we all have compartments to our lives, we go to work or we do extracurriculars, we're out in the community with our family, we still are the same person in all those places. And so if at work, let's say we are in an environment that is, is inquisitive and they ask questions and I'm really forced to think, come up with my own answers and, and not just be a follower, that's going to spill over into my community work. That's going to spill over into maybe how I raise my kids and it's going to spill over into other parts of area and areas of life that are important to me. So it makes for a long-term significant shift. It doesn't happen overnight. There's, there's no doubt about that. But the mindset and the behavior, mostly in confidence, mostly that's the result that comes from having a coaching relationship because people can walk out of a session and go, gosh, this solution, this is really going to work. Or, wow, I'm really glad that this is what the, the end game here is. And well, guess what? That person came up with that end game by themselves. They came up, they came up with the actions and they go, well, well, I didn't, I didn't know I had it in me. And the coach is just there simply to say, well, I knew you had it in you. <laughs> That's why we're working together is so that you can also see that you have it in, in you because a coach ultimately is the person who's, who can see that person bigger than themselves and know that that person and hold them in a space that does uh, ensure that that person can step into who they are as a very capable and very, uh, very able to come up with their own solutions. So yeah. in terms of positive change, it in the long term, it does, uh, it does impact a person's ability to be able to be in action and to have confidence with that action and to know that they can do it themselves. Yeah, that's so empowering. It really is. You know, Gabrielle, when you and I met not too long ago, one of the things that you, you kind of got me to see very quickly was that although I do a lot of life coaching, especially when we have someone who's been impacted with being, you know, basically laid off or having to make a change because of whatever changes are going on in the business, I do a lot more of the questions and I do not you know, I don't know what's right for them. They know what's right for them. I can only guide them and, and so forth. So I know that in those times, I listen more intently and you help them in that respect. But to your point that you just said right now, at work for the last few years, I very much was more of a problem resolver, right? So more of a mentor. And, and I would listen to the problem and very quickly have to think about where am I going to head? And so I'm not listening as intently as I could be. Although I think I am a great listener. I'm too busy already thinking about where am I headed? And in a very short conversation, you changed, you, you made me see the, the value to stopping and kind of listen more intently. Don't worry about the need for a solution now. But again, because I was so used to doing it for work, it was carrying over into other places in my life. Yes. And many times people don't need to have a, res a resolution. All they need is to have somebody listen. So I can tell you it works. It, 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 it was a, a, it, we were having a simple conversation, but of course it was, you offered me some very key advice. And I, I think that that's how 
you can make those positive changes and 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 in in a very short time frame gain some behaviors that really make a difference in your life yes yes another thing as a a coach what i've uh learned over the the years it's again this wasn't an overnight type of type of process here i was lucky enough to to find this world over a couple decades ago uh, but to the point about listening is I found that I will always have the tendency to not listen because I'm a human being. It comes with the territory of being a human being. And as I, as I work with people, I make sure that I ground myself in listening to them because when I am listening, they tend to say things they would not have said with anyone else. Yeah. And it shocks them. And they just, they can't see that, you know, such and such was coming. But when, when I really am just there to hear what someone has to say, and I'm listening for their being their best selves, mm -hmm. their best selves arrive because that's what I'm listening for. Yeah. I'm listening for their being freed up from whatever it is that, you know, has them tangled up right now, or I'm listening for their being able to come up with a solution. I'm actively listening for something to arise and then it arises because rarely, and I mean, rarely, do we have people who listen that way to us? Yeah. When we go into a conference room, people are not listening. <laughs> when we sit at a dinner table, people we sit at a dinner table. <laughs> we go to a party, people yeah. are not listening. People typically have an agenda of something that they want to say. They want to make some kind of point. People are typically, because we're human beings, we're walking around waiting to say something in response to something else somebody said. But yeah. what if we just didn't say anything? Wow. And so when I work with a client, it's typically our sessions are about an hour, you know, maybe an hour 15, something, you know, depending on if we need that time. Sometimes they're 30 minutes, but that's very concentrated time. And we can move mountains in that time because they have stopped the world. That person has stopped everything to sit down and be with me mm -hmm. and to speak to a topic that's incredibly important to that person and is there with an intention that something move from A to B. And if that is our focus for 30 minutes or an hour or hour 15, and all I'm doing is listening and then prompting with questions so that I can listen more. That person typically brings to the table that which they never thought they would bring. And it was the most important thing to bring. Yeah, that is so cool. There's a quick question here. When you're in a coaching session and you see that your client is a bit scattered, kind of how do you approach, you know, that coaching session? Do you let them clear, you know, or how do you do that? Sure, sure. Well. First of all, sometimes more often than not, I do coaching sessions on the phone. I don't do Zoom. It, mm -hmm. If they want to do that, that's fine. I will totally honor that request. Most times I do it over the phone 
because what do I have to do even more keenly is listen. <laughs> and so does that person. That person really does need to put their ears on and when they're not being distracted by anything visual on Zoom. And so I can typically hear when someone is being scattered, you know, kind of they're like, they're kind of bouncing around from top topic or whatever that might be, but I can get the cues and then I'll just ask them what's going on. Or I'll just point it out. You sound scattered or, or Renee, what happens more often than not, I'll have the thought, wow, let's say John, John sounds pretty scattered. And not three seconds later, what John says is, yeah, I'm feeling kind of scattered right now. It's like he can hear that I can hear it. Mm -hmm. And then he brings it up. And then I'll ask, well, what do you want to do about that? And I'll let him say what he wants to do. And most of the time it is, they just, kind of, you know, he kind of just needs to clear the air or needs to, sometimes he just needs to say, yeah, I'm feeling scattered right now. And then it's gone. Yeah. And we don't need to handle it or do anything with it, or he doesn't have to, you know, want to throw it out the window and say, you know, it's just, yeah, I'm scattered. Oh, okay. And then he is straight as an arrow. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. Just that little thing right there, you know, what a coach can recognize and, you know, kind of clear that block for that person. So it just opens up the floodgates and it's just so powerful. And I wish everybody can experience that. Yes. And what's really fun, Renee and Lolly, I'll tell you, fun might not be the right word to describe it. What's really rich is being able to take that kind of listening into other areas of my life when I'm with family or with I'm with friends. It's just, it's a real, it's a real gift for me and for that person. Just this weekend, I was with a family member and I just started to ask her questions and I found out things that I just did not know were on her periphery. Like, I did not know these things were even on her mind. And I, and I thought, wow, we just got to know each other at a really deeper level because I listened. Yeah. And what's interesting is I told my coach that I was going to do that. Oh, that's awesome. So you were intentional about it. I was. I was. But it wasn't something that I had even thought of doing before I had talked to my coach. Because, you know, all the good coaches have coaches. And so I was happened to be talking to my coach and before I had the visit. And he just asked me a simple question is, how do you want this visit to go? And I go, well, we weren't supposed to be talking about that. He goes, I know, but we are because you brought it up. I go, darn. Oh, okay. It's a family visit. Let's see. How do I want that thing to go? Because how it typically goes is I'm kind of waiting to, for the family visit to be done. <laughs> you know, sometimes you have just like certain, certain arenas of like, okay, well, let's is that one done yet. And I go, you know, I'm tired of having these family outings be ones that I'm just ready for them to be done. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking to see what I can newly discover in my relationships. And then there it was. And, and afterwards, I wrote this family member a text and I said, I have a new appreciation how, for how strong you are and how resilient you are. And your kids are brilliant because of you. Mm, in good. a million years, never would have written that text 
to that family member. Yeah. But I did because I listened in a new way. She expressed something in a new way and I got to be a different person for her. Yeah. I mean, just think what that did for her. You celebrated her, you championed her and she's got to be thinking, oh my God, you know, she heard me. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Now just imagine people who take on you could be a director at a company, you could be a vice president, you could be the president, and you just took on listening. Just to one person, just listen to one person. You will be floored about what you can find out newly about that person and who they are, what they're capable of, and where they can go in life. And all you did was listen. And you start fostering that culture within your organization. And I tell people, you better watch out because people are going to start impressing the heck out of you. And you might have to pull the reins back a little bit. <laughs> on people it's like oh no they're unleashed that's a good thing I promise <laughs> yeah I definitely you know have to do a better job of listening I'm always like I gotta get this done I gotta get this done I gotta get this done I'm like okay hurry up just spit it out <laughs> and I have to slow down <laughs> but I think Gabrielle said it best when she said we're all human right we have so many different things pushing on us and and there is so much you know during the time that i was serving as the ceo for women of at&t one of the things that i did is i tried to really hear what people were telling me and also try to remember them, something that would make a difference and you don't know even till today and when i first started it was you know four or five years ago people would be tr truly impressed with the fact that I remembered something about their life. And I mean, shouldn't we be doing that for everybody? What a difference it would make in our world, right? Because we're making people feel like they're much more important and that we're listening and we're giving them that time. Yeah. But I'm I'm just as bad, Renee. I mean, I know sometimes <laughs> I get into those mold and forget it. I, I gotta go. I got too much to do. <laughs> So I, I have a quick question, knowing that we have a little bit of time. I'd like to ask, I, I know, Gabrielle, you are an executive coach and, and leadership coach, right? Renee, you recently completed your certification. What kind of coach are you going to be doing? Is it a type of leadership um, coach or? Yeah, it, I will be doing executive leadership coaching as well, but I really want to focus on like line management right in there because I think that's the sweet spot because they're the ones that are dealing with your desk level people directly. And I know, yes, executive leaders, things flow from the top down and that's very important, but you also need to hit the line managers. I think even more so. I really, really do because they're affecting the people that report to them. And, you know, like Gabrielle was saying, if you foster that culture, then that's going to strengthen your retention numbers, right? Because we've all saw, we all know that people leave a manager, right? Not the company. Yeah. Right. And I've had that people walk me because they don't like my leadership style. It's like, okay, you know, it happens. Absolutely. And I try to look at, okay, what am I doing? What do I need to tweak? And I know I need to listen better. Like I said, you know? Yeah, and I think it's important for us to recognize that there are so many different types, and, and you're probably going to talk a little bit about that, Renee, as we close mm -hmm. out, but there are so many different types of coaches, 
And uh, when we talk about professional coaches, I know we interact a lot with different ones. And, you know, there's some that are for entrepreneurial, some for artists and some for whatever. So it's that that is important to understand what is the specialty of this coach and and being able to really be effective with the time that you spend with somebody. I mean, I had lunch with Gabrielle. And the things that I learned in that hour, hour and a half that we were together were phenomenal, phenomenal. And I like to think I, you know, I listen and I like to do all these things, but I still, I mean, it really was worthwhile. So it's about finding the right person for you, right? Yeah, absolutely. So before we close out, I wanted to give our listeners some tips on how to find a coach, you know, that resonates with them because it's really, really important to find someone that you click with. So, you know, first you want to define your goals, right? You want to definitely be articulate about what you want to achieve through coaching. You want to research coaching specialties because as Lolly, you know, and Gabrielle have mentioned, there are different types of coaches, you know, from executive to career, could be arts, you know, life coaching, wellness coaching, performance coaching, Next qualifications and credentials, you know, because we're saying that coaching is so big right now that there are a lot of people jumping into this space and you want to make sure that they have the training that could really be impactful for you. And they're not just hanging the shingle saying that they're a coach and they really don't have the credential. So the International Confederation or Coaching Federation is kind of like the governing body, if you will, for coaches. So you might want to look to see if they are ICF certified, right? Besides other programs, but that ICF certification really would help out as far as credential. Read the reviews and testimonials of the coach. You know, especially in this day and age, people will give feedback. <laughs> so if your coaching skills are not on point, you know, there's got to be some uh, reviews and testimonials out there about, and they will share with other people. All right. So make sure you want to do that. Ask for recommendations, right? Or interview um, some potential coaches, right? People are open to that. Um, discuss some coaching methods just to make sure that that coaching style aligns with your preferences, right? And that they use approaches that resonate with you. You want to make sure you clarify your expectations, assess compatibility. Compatibility is key, right? Because you do get into some vulnerable vulnerabilities are exposed because your authentic self is starting to come to the forefront and some sensitive issues, even though it might be executive leadership coaching or something of that nature, it's very interesting as you get to some of those internal blocks that you'll be discussing have nothing to do with leadership. They have to do with things that are holding you back. Okay. And just a few others discuss fees and policies, assess the flexibility and adaptability for you. You know, you may need some more flexible type of payment plans or dates that you are available for coaching. Check the code of ethics. That's very, very important. 
Coaches need to adhere to a code of ethics that are established by a professional coaching organization. So if, you know, you are with a coach that does not do that, I would suggest you might want to move on. <laughs> and last but not least, trust your instincts, right? We know, like, everybody gives off energy. And sometimes, you know, you come across someone where you, you just kind of feel like, oh, there's something about that person that, you know, I don't know what's wrong with that person or what's going on, but something doesn't sit well with you. Trust your instincts. Okay, above all else, trust it. Okay? Absolutely. So in summary, in this crazy world we live in today that's really pushing to get ahead and everything else, coaching is the silver bullet for those of you trying to stay ahead of the curve. The ability to adapt and change quickly is more important than ever. So, you know, without further ado, we want to thank you once again to our guest, Gabrielle Baumeyer. We really appreciate you, uh, Gabrielle. I mean, so many good uh, wisdoms of nuggets that are nuggets of wisdom that you shared with us and with our listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Renee and Lolly. It's a pleasure. This was an enlightening conversation. The coaching industry's continued growth suggests that confidence is well-placed. The number of Google searches for coach is up 70%. Coaching is no longer regarded as a peripheral activity. Instead, it's essential to many lives and careers. So with that said, we hope you learned something new and or came away with something of value on this topic. You can follow Gabrielle on LinkedIn under Gabrielle Baumeyer or on Facebook under Gabrielle Baumeyer. As promised... Here's how to join us as an audience member on our next show episode. We hope you're just as excited as we are. Go to our True Talk Cafe Facebook page and send us a request to attend season two, episode 11 as an audience member. Be sure to use the hashtag TTCS2EP11. That's TTCS2EP11. We will respond to your requests with our podcast website link where you'll need to enter your preferred email address for us to send the audience link to. We'll also send all audience members a reminder the day before the show recording. It's going to be so much fun to have you join us live. So as always, we welcome your feedback. So please let us know your thoughts about today's show. We leave a, please leave a comment or review and we'll respond to all comments. Please be nice. We'd love to hear your thoughts about today's topic. Please don't forget to like and rate the episode. We appreciate you tuning in to our podcast, and we hope you join the TTC Crew Facebook page. Again, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook using at True Talk Cafe. Please use the hashtag TTC Talks or True Talk Tuesdays. Recommendations for discussion topics are always welcome. We want to ensure we are providing content that is value to you. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Thanks for listening and we hope you join us on our next broadcast episode. It's sure to be an engaging conversation. Talk soon.